Hi, and welcome to the wonderful world of Disney Villains Podcast. I'm your host, Katie, ready to talk about everything Disney. Welcome back. I recently sat down with the Damsels in the DM podcast. Uh, the podcast hosts are Chloe and Lauren, and we had a conversation about Disney princess dating culture. And so this is just our conversation talking about what it was like growing up watching these movies and seeing these princesses essentially marry the first person that they met, you know, up until um, like Frozen and Moana and, and other movies. And also talking about the idea of what it's like to not see couple fights in media, to not see divorce, to not see other things like that, um, and to have this assumption that everything is going to work out perfectly, everything is going to be a, a giant big happy bow on top with a happily ever after slapped on, and no issues are going to come up unless it's, you know, a witch or a dragon or, or other. And so this is our conversation about that, and hope you enjoy. So I thought we would just get started um, by telling everybody a little bit about yourselves, how you started a podcast together, and we can kind of go from there. Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess I'll start. So my name's Chloe, and I live in LA. I'm a comedian and actress. Um, decided to start this podcast because um, I had really been a fan of like the dating and relationship podcasts and like the ones that give the really good advice, mm -hmm. really like Girls Gotta Eat is one of my favorites. Um, and they give kind of like amazing advice of just kind of like, do your thing. Like, you know, if a guy's being weird, just like, fuck them. No. Like, that sort of thing. Oh, I'm sorry. Can I cuss on this? Yeah, totally. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay great. Um, but yeah. And then like, you know, I had talked about doing it with a couple of my friends. Um, but, you know, in terms of like their availability and like, mm -hmm. you know, their dedication to it, like, I just felt like I kind of needed to go outside. And also, um, you know, when I found Lauren, like I kind of wasn't even realizing it was kind of nice to have the balance of someone being in a relationship as well. So yeah. when Lauren came along and I interviewed her, she was just <laughs> awesome. I thought she was definitely the voice that the podcast needed. And she came up with the name Damsels in the DMs. So nice. she did not disappoint in starting up and <laughs> we've been working really hard at it ever since. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm Lauren. I'm also an actress and the co-host of Damsels in the DMs. And yeah, basically everything that Chloe said um, when she picked me, it was fun because I had a bit of a tumultuous dating life um, mm. before entering my five-year relationship where I just dated people basically just to date people. Mm, um, okay. I was definitely a serial dater. I don't think that I always made the most logical dating decisions that were good for my mental health or for anybody else's mental health. Um, so when Chloe approached me about it, I'd been in a stable relationship for a long time, but I still felt like I had a lot to say and maybe mm. like things that I had pent up that I wouldn't be talking about normally. Um, so it was nice to be able to find an outlet to talk about like a piece of my history that felt yeah. so prevalent and something that dictates so much of like the decisions that I make and who I am today. Um, yeah. So it's been really fun since we get to talk to amazing people on the podcast and um give advice and meet different listeners who are just super interesting people. And I would say that like the overarching advice that we give is usually just um, to be happy with yourself first and yeah. not um, worrying about being happy with another person. Yes, I totally agree with that. And I guess it's like a perfect segue <laughs> to talk about our topic. Uh, so we're here to talk about Disney princesses and their, I would say dating and other types of romantic relationships that they have. And so I kind of just want to get a gist of how familiar you are with Disney princesses, 
um, if there's like a particular one that you have as a favorite, if there's any that you haven't seen yet, um, you know, feel free to say whatever. I feel want. very strongly about all things Disney. Okay, um, great. Something that I've actually never told Chloe before is that I had a Disney princess headboard up until the mm. age of 18 um, that I never <laughs> moved from my room. It was purple. Uh, I was obsessed with the princesses. The highlight of my life was riding on the Hercules ride at Disneyland with Megara herself while wearing Ooh. a Megara outfit. Nice. At the age of five, I would not take off my Megara outfit, even though I lived in the cold of Philadelphia. <laughs> I would wear long johns under my Megara dress to kindergarten nice. with socks under the Greek sandals. People um, still do that now. Kids still do that. It was, it was, um, yeah, so I have a lot of hot takes on uh, Disney princesses. I have a lot of hot takes on the new Mulan. Mm. I guess the only thing I haven't seen is Moana, maybe. Moana, yeah. Um, Moana. That's yeah. a good one, though. You really should see it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I need to. Chloe? That's a good one. No, you even talk about Megara, I believe, in our first ever episode, don't you? In oh, I'm sure I do. Or, yeah. Um, no, I love the Disney. Well, yeah, I love the Disney princesses. I think my favorite is Jasmine. I really mm-hmm. love oh. Aladdin. I, Aladdin is my favorite Disney movie. I think the scores, the music in mm-hmm. that is just like, it's just amazing. Um, but yeah, I have a lot of hot takes too. I would say if anyone would like maybe a teaser for, we can get into this a little bit more Yeah, that Ariel gave up her voice yes. for that man. <laughs> like how messed up is that? That like, as women, it was like, well, if you're beautiful, you just don't need to speak. Like, yeah. I just, yeah, I have a lot anyway. of, right, well, exactly. Well, Belle, like, married somebody who kidnapped her. Yeah, yeah that too. Stockholm Syndrome, <laughs> we have so much to cover, um, but I'm really <laughs> excited. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we're going to talk about everything, and I guess one thing that I was looking at just in trying to prepare is that not all the not all the characters that I would assume to be a Disney princess count as a Disney princess. And so I thought that would be something also interesting to touch on is who actually is considered a Disney princess versus who is not, even though when you look at the whole realm of things, the relationships are pretty much the same. Like um, if you look at the- is not, right? Yeah, she's not. Um, Lion King, you know, Queen Nala is not a Disney princess technically, even though she obviously is. Yeah, yeah, because she, I'm assuming it's because she's an, a lion instead of a human. But I mean, <laughs> Tiana's a frog, so I don't know. Animalist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I just thought that was something interesting. But I thought maybe we would start with like, I guess, how Disney portrays the dating experience for these princesses. Because I think that's that's literally like the whole movie is yeah. this like one journey date that they take <laughs> and, and, then, and then they decide that oh you're my happily ever after and you know end credits yeah so and and it seems like you guys have a lot of opinions about that anyway so I just feel like I'll let you guys just vent out whatever you want to say about it <laughs> well yeah, yeah we had someone on um her name was Sabrina Alexis Alexis and she's by far one of our most popular episodes but we do kind of really dive into this myth of like that like the prince coming to save you Mm -hmm. has really been ingrained in young girls. Yes. And also I think that goes hand in hand with the like kind of the bad boy or like the prize and like you can Mm. fix them and then it'll just be fine. It'll just be heavily happily ever after, which like I also have an issue with like them just ending it, having like one fight and then they're great. 
Like, yeah. and then we're just supposed to believe they're great for the rest of time. And like, it doesn't really teach you like those fundamentals of you're going to have to work at this relationship and it's yes. not going to be happily ever after. And you're going to have to work at it every day. Like mm-hmm. that's a- another thing that I think we promote on the podcast. Um, but that is just my immediate reaction, Lauren. Well, it also really simplifies it that uh, you will fall happily ever in love if you're young, thin, and beautiful. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I also don't think is uh, realistic. No, and, um, for sure. you know, also if you're a heterosexual couple, that will yes. also make it 10 times easier for you. Mm-hmm. So um, I just think that, you know, they're fairy tales. They are definitely fairy tales for a reason. They are not realistic um, depictions of human life right I think that we all would be different people I mean I definitely grew up watching Disney princesses as I mentioned I'm not sure that I would have led the life where I was so obsessed with men and like finding a relationship with a man had I not grown up watching Disney princesses all the time it would have saved me a lot of time and a lot Mm -hmm. of stress um so I hope that the kids today have other things to watch Mm-hmm. Yes and no. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I guess I would follow up with this question. You know, these are stories that are made predominantly, I would say, by white heterosexual men. Mm-hmm. And because it's a fantasy, there's that interpretation that you could make this be about and have the values and ideals of this movie be about anything. So you could have the norm be only like women love women and only you know men love women or men love men or whatever it may be but you choose that the princess falls in love with the prince and you know you follow the same patterns when when it's a fantasy where anything could happen you could have a monarchy instead of a patriarchy you could have you know so I was just curious like what your thoughts are on that is you know even though there's these patterns realistically they didn't have to be this way the entire time and they could have come up with anything but they chose to follow you know how society has been the past what you know century Mm -hmm. yeah well I think it's interesting because representation is so important like in the things that we watch and like of course our political system dictates a lot of the things that we believe and that we see Mm -hmm. but I think film and television like more than anything are so indicative of the way that young people perceive the way their lives should be Um, so you're right, even though it is a fantasy realm and you can make anything that you want of it, the fact is like people see what it is for verbatim and they apply the verbatim picture to their life. I think like in shows like Bridgerton that are out now, they're great because like they reimagine history and what history may have looked like by casting like, um, people of color in roles that would have been historically white. Um, which I think is like a great takeaway that we can bring into making movies now that like it doesn't have to be exactly the way history looks. I don't know why I'm getting so many emails right now. Um, it doesn't have to be the way that his another one. Thank you. It doesn't have to be the way that history looked. It can be um, however we would prefer it to be in terms of the way that we want people to view history and the way that they can be. And I'm shutting this off. I totally agree with that. Though. We can't hear it. It's fine. Yeah. You're okay, fine. great. Yeah, you're good. It kept going off for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, you, do you edit this? Because I feel bad. Because <laughs> we can re-say things if you need, because we know how the mm-hmm. editing process goes. So, Oh, I still haven't decided that yet. Okay. I, I probably will be lazy and just have the whole thing up and just call it a day. But okay. yeah. <laughs> it's I fine mean, by me. Um, just, yeah, you're good. Okay, awesome. Um, no, I, I agree with all that. I, we just had a writer on, her name was Camille Corbett and, um, she's, she writes for a couple shows right now and she's a black woman. And she was saying that 
it's so interesting because we're starting to diversify these casts, Mm -hmm. but then like the writer's room. And then ultimately the people that are buying these things are still white men. And Mm. it's like, you know, like we see, we see it on screen and we see like them starting to make strides in diversity there. But then like, you know, at the end of the day, the people that are making the decisions are still the, the, the white men. And Mm -hmm. I felt like that was such an interesting point that like, we kind of don't think about, And then, yeah, like kind of like you were saying, Katie, like they could really portray anything. And I have a big issue, not only with Disney shows, but with a lot of shows these days. Like I just watched Holiday on Netflix and it's kind of supposed to be like this like anti-love. Like they're just Oh, the Emma Roberts one. Yeah, like they're just using each other for like holiday dates, but then they end up together. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) I kind of want it to like, and like I'm kind of working on like a pilot now that I would like it takes a while to get there and to find your person. And I think people kind of like in like that have grown up with Disney movies think they're broken because they keep going through these guys that are trash and not finding anyone. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, no, that's actually how dating is now. And you don't just run off with Prince Charming. Right. Um, So yeah, I think that kind of being ingrained in us is, is a little bit hard to deal with when you're younger and then you're trying to date as an adult. Yeah. And I'm, would you also say that, growing up watching these movies because this was how it was for me at least is I I would say I only watched Disney movies and Disney Channel until I was at least 13 and Mm -hmm. from there I got this assumption that you know oh I'm gonna live happily ever after all I gotta do is meet the one we're gonna get married right off in the sunset and credits and so I'm kind of curious if you two feel that felt the same way watching all these movies um, in terms of you know, my life isn't, I guess, at its end goal or like where it needs to be. And I don't really start life until I'm married. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, totally. I think that that's certainly the perception that you have. Like, I think like, as I was like dating again, and like, I had a college boyfriend, but I I say this a lot on the podcast after I dated him, I was like, oh, he just wasn't the right match. I'm just going to find someone else. And like, that's not how it works. Like, Mm -hmm. it's like, it just it takes a while. And, and yeah, I mean, I just think like having that perception is so harmful that like, I don't know. I just think we're never presented with the option that like, you could just be single and be a badass. Like that's like kind of like not presented as an option when you're younger. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. I'm reading Rodham right now, which um, sort of reimagines Hillary Clinton's life. She hadn't married Bill Clinton. And there's a part in the book where she talks about like, She's watching a show and some older um, actress is talking about, they're like, you have the perfect life. You're famous. You've had the career everybody wants, but like, you're not married. Are you lonely? And she's like, why is it that I can have everything in my life and you're still focusing on my relationship status? And Hillary Clinton like looks at that person because it's like, she's now had the career that she always tried for. Like she's running for president. She had the Senate career, but she doesn't have Bill Clinton's baggage like hanging on her. And um, she looks at that person and she's like, oh my God, that's me. Like, why can't I just like have my life without somebody constantly focusing on my relationship status? But Mm -hmm. I think that that's part of the problems with these movies is that, women are brought up to think that their relationship status defines them and not their career and anything else that they have going for them. So people, when they reach like a certain age, feel so like self-deprecating because um, they feel like the relationship is meant to define them and that their life isn't going to be perfect until they have that relationship. Yeah, no, I totally agree. That and I would also say, um, at least with celebrities, I feel like 
seeing them as like a, a sexual object, like objectifying them a lot by the way that they look and what they're wearing is often, I guess, being brought up nowadays, right? And I remember seeing a video with, I think it was Lauren Conrad, and they asked her what her favorite position was. Oh, and yeah. yeah, and she was like CEO. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they were like, oh my God, that's like the best answer ever. But it's but it's like you wouldn't necessarily ask a man that question. No. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't ask him what he's wearing and you wouldn't ask him, you know, how his family's doing necessarily. But and like, you know, is it hard to be a working actor and also be a dad and and all those and all those things? Um, and so it's just interesting. And I mean, not that any of these Disney princesses are parents unless you you know watch sequels and such but it is interesting that you know it's gonna end up being those types of questions but right now we're just gonna like objectify them and be like oh you're not thin enough or you're not young enough or whatever else yeah the little mermaid does end up doesn't don't they have like one where she has a daughter like little mermaid two or three yeah 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 Uh, yeah it's melody right mm mm-hmm yeah, and I only remember that because I just watched it. <laughs> Is that your favorite, Katie? I was curious what your favorite one was. Oh, no. So um, I I grew up in the generation of all the sequels, but my, my favorite is also Aladdin, and more so because I grew up watching the Aladdin TV show. And in the Aladdin TV show, Aladdin is more of a support for Jasmine while he teaches her, and she is like a kick-ass fighter and saves him in all these adventures so that's kind of what I grew up more watching more so than like the movies but then obviously the tv show is nowhere to be found it's not on Disney it's n- you know nowhere um so I am watching all the others and I'm like wow don't like this don't like that okay well let's yeah. you know have these conversations um, what do you will... think of the live action Aladdin Ooh, um <laughs> the bad. first time I watched it I really hated it the second time I watched it, I liked it a bit more, only because I knew what to expect. And I'm personally really upset that Jafar doesn't sing because that mm. was one of my favorites. I really like Jonathan yeah. Freeman. I actually went to New York to see him in Aladdin on Broadway just yeah. to see him as Jafar with the voice and everything. And so I was kind of upset that he didn't have a song, but they added all these other songs. I do like Speechless, though. I think that's a great song. Mm. Um, and I do think Naomi Scott looks a lot like Jasmine. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, there are some ups and downs. I like that Aladdin is more realistic. He's not like this confident, cocky, like, I'm a prince, blah, blah, blah. I know yeah. how to act exactly like a prince, even though I'm like penniless and you know, <laughs> like the original. Um, but I do prefer the original. And that's just what I grew up with. Um, but I guess if you want to kind of get in the nitty gritty, you know, Scott Weiner being a white man playing an Arabian teenager is not yeah not ideal either but it was the early 90s and I'm okay I'm willing to accept that um but yeah I mean that's just my my short take on it um I'm hoping to take maybe to do like a longer take and actually um I don't know if you've heard Soundtrack Your Life um it's a podcast about soundtracks but I'm Mm -mm. but um I'm planning to be on that podcast soon to talk about the Aladdin soundtrack oh awesome cool yeah so yeah. Did you watch the Mulan? I did. <laughs> Why is there no music? I mean, you can barely hear it. It's kind of there, but not really there. But did, I think they said that they didn't want it to be like a musical. I, I heard what the producer wanted, but the song about defeating the Huns, is that yeah. not one of the best songs ever? Yeah. 
Like, you have great music, maybe, like, the best of any Disney movie. And the song when she's getting the makeover, another yeah, phenomenal yeah. song. Why? Why? And, and uh, so reflection. Mm-hmm. But, but it was, like, more revealing of stuff. Right. Like, Mulan was a badass. Mulan, like, maybe the most badass of all of them. Like, why? Why no music? I don't know. I mean, I don't know what, what the director was thinking. Um, I also thought it was interesting that everything was about her chi it kind of made her seem yeah, like she was born with chi? this gift that she was supposed to give to the world yeah instead of the fact that she worked really hard to have these skills and overcoming you know the fact that she didn't have, have those fighting skills before instead she just goes in knowing everything already and yeah, I was kind of upset about that, but yeah, I, I was a new one. I didn't want to pay thirty dollars. Also, like, didn't she yes. come being like pro cop or something? And I was like, no, I'm good. I'm yeah, good. the actress. <laughs> yeah, she what? She ha- was like in the news about some sort of controversy where she was like pro cop or something like that. Well, yeah. I was just like waiting for the hits. Like, I had my sing along. Like, I had my <laughs> karaoke mic ready to go, and then no songs came. Yeah, I feel like you have to watch it and then watch the animated one after. At least that's what all of my friends have said that they've done mm-hmm. to make themselves feel better about the experience. Yeah. I do like the, um, oh my gosh, I don't remember his name right now, but the guy that she spars with oh, is kind of like supposed to be the Li Shang, but he's not. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. His, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah. I really like him. I really like his voice. And I was like, oh, I wish you sang because your voice would be so nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you should totally watch Moana, though, because Moana is very similar to Mulan, I think, in in more of a Pacific Islander way, though. And she doesn't hmm. have a love interest. She's a very independent woman. Her whole family is like, you're going to be the next ruler of our tribe. No questions asked. You know, there's there's a lot of female empowerment with it. And I mean, she is young, but she also has a more realistic body shape I would say more realistic hairstyle um I mean there's obviously like you know downsides to all the movies and you know tourism and the economy and environment and stuff does come up with that movie but at least with like the female identity I think it's really strong the music is really strong it does pass the Bechdel test (laughs) like other things (laughs) like that so it's definitely worth I think worth the watch um, when you have the the two hours for it. Just no, I constantly have the two hours for <laughs> it. <laughs> just don't anticipate that the pig will be in it the whole time because I was anticipating when I saw the trailer that the pig would be in the entire movie. And he's only in the beginning. Yeah, they're always letting us down with something. Now, mm-hmm. is Moana considered a princess, like a classic princess? She is. Okay. Yeah. You know who's not though? Um, Anna and Elsa. Really? Yeah, they the have kids their own love line. Frozen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should get into that and how we all feel. It's been a while since I've seen Frozen. We talking but about so, the first one, or the yeah, one? the first one, because that was like the groundbreaking one, yes. right? Yeah. yeah, everyone loved that. So Anna was who was the blonde one, and who was the redhead? Elsa is the blonde, right? Anna is the redhead. And then she's a little bit more badass because Elsa's just like, I'm going to retreat into my ice castle, right? Yeah. But when okay. I use my magic, I am a badass. But until then, I'm going to, you know, hide myself, basically. Yeah. Well, that's kind of like somewhat reflective of like females, right? And feeling mm-hmm. like you need to kind of like 
that you're like taking up too much space almost yeah what I gather from that that a little yeah Yeah. sorry what do you think Anna's very outspoken (laughs) (laughs) and then Anna's very outspoken and spunky Mm -hmm. I which I found interesting but also not because she did kind of grow up alone with nobody to talk to (laughs) true yeah yeah and then Anna does something at the end with the guy where she like punches him right yeah okay punches him off the boat I like that because then they both they both don't really end up with a love interest right that's like kind of similar to Moana Anna kind of ends up with Kristoff. Okay. They like, I, I think she she or he give each other a, like a cheek kiss or something. Oh, okay. But but the they drama. ask permission. I remember that part. It's okay. like, consensual. I kiss you. And she said, you may. I remember that we part. We love consent. Mm-hmm. Well, so then do you think Frozen like in general is more of like a sisterly theme and like love in that way or or what were your hot takes from it yeah I mean that was kind of the overall message but I mean I think it did purposely follow the standard pattern of it being all about a romance you know you fall in love right away and then the nice part was that they tried to make fun of it by having Kristoff say you're marrying someone you just met and then asking her all these questions about him that she obviously doesn't know um And then her realizing that she doesn't really understand what love is because, you know, books only tell you one side and then, you know, um, saving her sister and realizing that, you know, familial love is, you know, way stronger, you know, depending on the family that you're talking about, of course. Um, So I think, yeah, the overall message was definitely about like sisterly love, but she did end up with a guy she just met anyway. So even though they're like poking fun at it and, Technically, Kristoff is the second man that she met. She did meet them within one day of each other. Yeah. Yeah. That is kind of a theme, huh? It's almost like The Bachelor in these Disney movies. Like, know each other for two weeks and then are engaged. And that's kind of another harmful thing to, like, tell young girls. It's like, it's Mm -hmm. supposed to go fast. Like, it's not. It's supposed to go slow. You're supposed to build up this trust and this relationship. But how would you do that in a movie? Like, where you only have a certain amount of time, how are you going to, like... Well, in do, you, do you start like six months into the relationship? Oh, well, I was just gonna say with Aladdin, it took three movies for them to get married. And even then they had three weddings because the first two didn't work out. <laughs> so. You know, I think that is hard to portray in a movie. Maybe we do a little time space timestamp. It's like the sponge. Yeah, five like, years later. One eternity later. <laughs> <laughs> you just need yeah. like a little, a little thing at the bottom to tell you even though the kids aren't going to read it but at least so parents can explain later this actually um but I guess that I mean I don't know if you either or both of you have seen Frozen 2 because technically they're not married but he does propose to her in the second movie so it kind of depends on like how how much time has gone by since Frozen 1 and Frozen 2 See, I'm okay with that. I'm also okay with them, like, maybe just leave it off as they're dating or, like, they're going on a first date at the end of the movie. Like, Mm. that's how I feel about The Bachelor, too, is there's all this pressure for them to get engaged by the end of it. And a lot of them get freaked out because of that. And I'm you guys started this. When did they start? Like, 20 years ago. And, yeah, maybe that was, like, the thing back then of, like you know, let's get engaged really fast, but times have changed. And I think people are taking their time and making sure that they are with the right match before they get married. Mm -hmm. So maybe just even like having them ask them out at the end, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it would be so much better. 
like as we're talking about like these newer Disney movies do do a better job of it so you have to think of like the time frame and even we were talking about like you know it was like back in the 90s things were a little bit different but now I think it's it's time for some updating Disney that's Mm -hmm. what Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's also a lot easier to reveal realistic relationships in TV because you have yes. an entire season for somebody to date before you even have a first kiss or like three seasons before a couple gets married. But I think mm-hmm. that's also why TV seems to be more popular right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, every Korean drama I've watched thus far is only has one season. It's like 16 episodes and they don't even have their first kiss until like the last episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's like why don't we have something like that? Especially with, you know, with kids. Um, It just seems like it'd be so much more realistic for them instead of being like, oh, you know, you're dating. Shouldn't you be married already? Or, you know, how old are you? Shouldn't you, you know, have a husband by now? Yeah. 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 I think the pace of girls and guys are so much different too. And that is like, I would love to take a hard look at like what we grew up with versus what they grew up with. Cause like we are kind of growing up with these like Disney princesses, like bagging the guy right away. And then like, therefore, like we go on one date and we're like, oh, we really like them. Whereas they're like still trying to get to know us. Right. Like almost like an unfair speed to be like thinking and like expecting things in. Would you say that the newer princesses are kind of like those career driven women who, cause I, I would say that our generation is kind of more into career building first and then relationship later and maybe mm-hmm. starting a family when you're in your thirties or forties. And so I'm, I feel like the latter half. So I'm thinking of like Moana, I'm thinking of Tangled with Rapunzel. I'm thinking um, like Princess and the Frog, Tiana, like the more, I guess Elsa and Anna maybe um, where they are the ones going on this journey and they just kind of like pick up a guy along the way and he's just kind of their tag team but he's kind of more in the background and he's just kind of there if like, Hey, I need help with this. Could you give me a rope or can you, you know, get me this or can you give me a lift over this or, but not really like, I guess the, like the central goal or objective of the entire movie. Whereas like past movies, like, you know, Cinderella or Snow White um, it's not, I guess like direct, but you do kind of know like the Prince is kind of the, you know overarching theme or goal of the movie that you want to get to by the end yeah so would you say that that it maybe is kind of trying to parallel career driven women? I think they're trying to update it for sure I mean even at Pixar like did you see Inside Out mm-hmm. like they're trying to take on more topics I think that they know will help kids growing up like throughout their childhood and I think by trying to update the princesses and their stories and making them more career oriented I think they are trying to like um, you know, enhance what they're doing in terms of creating stories that kids can learn from. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think a main message that I'm taking away from like the newer ones is like the guy is not the center of this girl's life, right. which I really yeah. like. Mm-hmm. Cause I think that that's something that does need to be pushed on young women a little bit more is like, get, you know, get yourself together, take care of yourself first. And then that'll kind of like come along. And I think is like what I'm kind of taking away from like the newer princesses as well. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. 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 And it's funny because when I talk to my friends who are single, I always tell them like being single is great. Like I love being single, keep enjoying being single. But a lot of my single friends are so sick of being single. And I think a lot of that does come from like what the messages you were fed as a child. Like you can't shake a lot of the toxic messages that you were fed as a kid. Yeah. I can't even think of any other things that you watch as like a super young child other than disney 
I watched, mm-hmm. we watched Arthur a lot in my mm-hmm. house. I don't know. Why. I loved Barney, but when, you know, yeah. when you're really young. When yeah. Really, really yeah. young. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get into SpongeBob until I started babysitting and like Nickelodeon mm-hmm. and all those shows. Um, but then when I started babysitting, I was like, we're watching SpongeBob. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't I feel like that has nothing to do with love it's just I was not a Nickelodeon person really yeah I think no. I was more Cartoon Network mm. I watched like Ben 10 and Dexter's Laboratory yeah which are all like male leading tv shows so they don't feel like they need to talk about love like isn't that so interesting like yeah. now thinking about Spongebob like I mean him and Sandy a little bit but like it was just not like really, Spongebob yeah. and Patrick doing their thing <laughs> <laughs> The major bromance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what was the one, the fairy godmothers, too? Oh, uh, yeah, fairly odd parents. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like yeah, that yeah. one. I remember they made a the live action movie of that. I watched mm-hmm. that. I did not see that, with, but I'd definitely um, be down. With Drake, I think, from Drake and Josh. Really? Uh, I think it was him. I think. Interesting. I didn't. Cool. I didn't watch the show, but I remember watching the movie. Hmm. Well, I was going to say, Katie, you're about to be well-versed in what kids are watching now since you're seven, seven-month-old at home. She just yeah. had a seven-month-old. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yesterday he turned seven months. Oh, so now wow. I'm thinking about this more of yeah, what do I show him? And if I do show him this, what's the conversation we're going to have after about it? Hence why. Yeah. And know, this what, are, what are your conclusions? Um, so he's already really into Aladdin. Um, mm-hmm. if I play Aladdin, he'll stare at the screen for like the good first half, Aww. just like consistently, which I feel like is not normal. Like, I feel like his attention span is really, really long for his age, but yeah, he'll watch it the whole first half. Um, not many other shows or movies aside from football. Will he watch that long? Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm still trying to process how I'm going to tell him how racist that movie is. <laughs> And mm-hmm. how we should not, you know, assume these things and um, other. But at the same time, I also want to show him, like, you know, the way Aladdin treats, you know, Jasmine is the way that you should be treating other people in yeah. your life. And yeah. um, especially in the TV series, because Jasmine is like his entire world and he does everything to be supportive. So, yeah, I mean, I'm still trying to figure out about Ariel because she mm. says I'm 16 years old I'm not a child but you are a <laughs> child <laughs> so yeah. I'm, try- I'm still trying to figure out those things but I do have at least like five years to figure that out so yeah, yeah. but yeah I mean it's hard because we grew up with these movies and even like the 1930s and and other where you know the the classics like Snow White and stuff they're still being watched over and over like my mother-in-law was over a few weeks ago and she was playing it because she was like, oh, I remember watching this when I was young. And, you know, you just kind of have to think about how do you have that generational conversation of this is how things used to be back in the day. And it was okay then. Obviously, it's not okay now. And, you know, these are the things that we need to learn from it and move forward. So, yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I feel like the roles that moms have for sons now has become so evident, too. Like, of course, it was always important, but I think that, like, in today's conversations about how men treat women, like, Mm -hmm. that's just, it's all come up to the forefront, I think, in these last couple years on how, like, um, important those, like, beginning years are. Yeah. And, I mean, I guess that would be another thing to talk about, too, is at least with Disney movies, you don't really see mothers at all. 
Mm-hmm. And I, at least for me, my theory is that because you don't really see mothers and it's either they're an orphan or they're raised by a single father, which I'm also surprised that we don't talk about single fatherhood because that is something that people always blow up, but they never talk about about Disney. But mm-hmm. in looking at, you know, where are these mothers? I kind of also wonder if, you know, if there was a mother, would they have had that conversation with mother about, I am really interested in this guy. We just met. This is how it's going. And mom would be like, slow your roll. (laughs) It's not what you think it's going to be. You know, let's take it one step at a time and kind of, you know, I that's kind of been my theory is I kind of wonder if, you know, mothers were in every single movie, good mothers, not, not the evil, like stepmothers, which is a whole nother debacle. Yeah. Um, I kind of wonder if the relationships would have been different. Well, do you think that Belle's dad like ends up actually liking the beast? It seems like it, but I guess they don't really ever interact. Um, yeah. And I, and I guess I'm more going off of like the Enchanted Christmas. I don't know if you saw that. Mm, okay. Yeah. Because he's there at the castle, <laughs> but he, I mean, he, it's not like he directly talks to the prince either. So yeah. I don't know. There's probably some feelings to hash out, but I'm sure they've had lots of time. Yeah, because then he like throw him in a jail cell or something. Mm-hmm. Really, yeah, mean. that's yeah. the whole reason Bell goes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is like, girl, yeah. why are you <laughs> destroying your life? Right. It's so interesting that you say that now because I never really factor that in. They really don't have moms in yeah. a lot of them, do they? Yeah, I mean, some of the newer ones, like Princess and the Frog, she you know has her father died and she has her mother, played by Oprah. Um, you know, who wouldn't want that? yeah but, sounds yeah. like a great mom yeah over uh, the beat, my mom my aunt my everything mm-hmm. um yeah no that is such an interesting dynamic that they don't have them and like why am I thinking kind of like you mentioned Bridgerton earlier Lauren why am I thinking that if there was a mom they would just like be encouraging the girls to be like prim and proper and like go like get a guy like I do kind of feel like the Bridgerton era is like somewhat based on that Disney era as well mm-hmm. I don't, you mm-hmm. know what I mean like yeah yeah because yeah, moana has a mom yeah and a dad merida has a mom and a dad mm-hmm. like all the more recent ones i mean tangled technically has a mom yeah and how logical did disney really want these movies to be like maybe they knew that featuring the parents like too many logical decisions would happen and they were not trying to apply log- <laughs> illogical situations that's true yeah. yeah, but then they should have made him older, I feel. But I mean, not to be ageist, but, you know, have yeah. have it be a young adult instead of a 13-year-old. And Sleep Beauty didn't have parents, right? Like, where were her parents? She technically did. So the fairies kind of, like, stole her away, but then okay. brought her back the day that she was supposed to prick her finger instead of, like, two days after she was supposed to prick her finger when maybe she wouldn't have ever pricked her finger. I didn't understand that either. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) I'm also just thinking of how the moms would be to the princes because like they're already Mm. princes and you hear like all this like the like guys that get like babied by their moms and like they think that they're so it's like that probably just would have boosted their ego like times more like your mom's like you're a prince like don't settle (laughs) that would have been funny I think that would have been a funny take yeah I know there was um in it was a deleted song, but for Aladdin, they made the song Proud of Your Boy, which is in the Broadway version, which mm-hmm. is where he's singing about how, because in the Broadway version, not that, I mean, we're talking about every Broadway version of every Disney movie, but 
I just remember in the Aladdin Broadway version, his mom just died, like right before the Broadway product, like Broadway play started. So he was talking about how his mother had just passed away like two months ago or something. And so he sings proud of your boy to say how he's going to make her proud and how he's going to do great things. And he's going to be a better person. He's going to be smarter and, you know, all these other things for her because she's passed away. Which I thought was interesting. Like now, yeah, that is such an interesting dynamic that like the moms like have always like I do kind of remember some of them have like just passed away. Mm -hmm. So maybe because it was like I do kind of like see them in like the older time frames. Mm -hmm. Maybe like childbirth was just like really crazy, and like a lot of them. Oh, I bet childbirth. Don't to get like too dark, but like no, I just saw um, my mother in law was watching something. Yet she she watches uh, my son when I'm working, but she was watching something yesterday, and I just walked by this just walked by the living room and I was looking at it and it was a woman giving birth in medieval times and the baby was stuck and they're like we gotta get this baby out and it was just like the one leg sticking out and I'm like oh I gotta go bye (laughs) like oh no no thank you so it could have been like that that. it could have been maybe that is kind of what I that is interesting because like I never thought about it but like I wonder what the angle was behind it Yeah. yeah But it makes sense because most of these movies, I feel, take place in like the 18, early 1900s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I also wanted to ask what your take is with the whole idea of like, how do you teach children about divorce when it doesn't exist in a Disney movie? And I guess not like what you would personally tell a child and how you would explain it, but just like the idea of like divorce and cheating and separation and relationships. Just like you were saying, couple fights don't really exist aside from like the one-off, the one-liners, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of interested to hear your opinions about divorce, cheating, separating, other. Yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that before, but my parents went through a really difficult divorce And one thing that's occurring to me now that I hadn't thought about, but like when my parents divorced, uh, I really wanted a cat because my dad like was out of the picture for a little bit. And um, I wanted a cat because I felt like that would like be the perfect family dynamic because we had a dog. And like, if I couldn't have um, like the perfect parents marriage that what I could have was like the perfect pet situation like in my fourth fifth grade mind that made a lot of sense at the time you know Mm. and it it was like I really wanted my parents to get back together because like I wanted that like idealistic life and I think it did take me a really long time to accept that like my life wasn't going to look like um you know the fairy tale stereotypical Mm. American life and that that was okay But I think that that, you know, took me a long time to come to terms with. And also, I didn't really have a lot of, um, like, media representations of divorce. So, like, how could I have known that my life, like, still was going to be fine and that I would be just fine after a divorce? Right. No, I totally agree. I went through um, a similar thing. Um, But I think at the time I had two dogs. Yeah, I want to say two or three dogs. So I didn't think, I never thought about the idea of having a cat as well. But what's funny is I did end up getting one. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like right when my parents divorced and separated, we couldn't take the dogs with us because we moved um, into an apartment. So you couldn't like, you know, have a certain 
like 25 or more pounds or something like that. So yeah, my mom actually did give me a cat, which is interesting that you mentioned that now because I didn't ever register that until you were saying that. And then I was thinking about it. I'm like, well, actually I did also get a cat and I felt like things were a lot better with the cat. (laughs) (laughs) I also feel like. I actually ended up getting a dog instead. The the cat was unavailable. The cat didn't like dogs and my dog Mm. didn't like cats, but. I have a cat if you want one. You can have this one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's interesting. And also sidekicks, like the, um, like the animal sidekicks. I, I don't know about you, but. I always grew up watching Jasmine, so I always assumed that I was going to have a giant tiger <laughs> with me. And I love that name, Raja. Yeah. Oh, it was always, name. that was so cute. And he was like, he loved her. He was like mm-hmm. so loyal to her. Yeah. I should have yeah. named yeah. Sir Lucy Raja. I think I had a, a Raja, like the tiger doll or something, like a stuffed animal once. But yeah. Yeah. I just assumed like it was normal. Well, she has a giant tiger. Why can't I have one? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But um, I'm just kind of wondering if you guys had anything else that, because you did mention a couple other things that we haven't, I would say, necessarily touched on, but I don't know if you had any particular movies that you wanted to talk about or vent about. I don't know if you've seen the live-action Cinderella or Maleficent or any of those. Hmm. Well, one thing I wanted to say is interesting for me, and I don't know if you guys feel like this, like, um, I feel like there's so many blonde princesses, like there's mm-hmm. like Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty and all that. But like for me, and this is kind of even in like who I gravitate towards, like even in relationships, I think because I've always like, I was like a blonde kid, like, you know, I had highlights when I was like little and like, I always like loved like Baby Spice and Nick and stuff. But then like, I don't know, like, as I got older, like, I, like I said, Jasmine's my favorite. I think I always just gravitated towards people that like, didn't look like me was always very, oh, like, interesting. interesting to me. Like, I thought she was so beautiful, because she like, it's like features that I had never seen before. And I was curious, yeah. if you guys like, like, what your favorite ones were. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of interesting, because I always feel like the conversation I guess from a person of color standpoint is that you always gravitate toward the person who looks like you because there's no other representation of you. Right. Um, But for me, I guess similar, but not, I did not gravitate towards Mulan as an East Asian person because everything she did was stuff that I knew I would never ever (laughs) do or could do. Like I'm not coordinated. I'm not athletic. I can barely walk up my stairs without huffing. So I was like, she looks like me, but there's no way that I would ever be like her because I'm not a fighter. I'm not um, willing to go through combat training and all these other things like she is, which I, you know, commend her for, but I just know I do not have it in me to do it. I can barely get through a PE class. So, (laughs) so that's kind of partly why I gravitated towards Jasmine as well. Also because she's technically the only person who wears pants. Mm-hmm. Um, because Mulan wears pants, but that's just because she's dressed as a man. And then when she's back to being herself, she wears a dress. Right. So I was like, well, I wear pants. Jasmine also wears pants. Jasmine has mm-hmm. darker skin like me and black mm-hmm. hair like me. And she's not as agile, coordinated, quick, blah, 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 until the TV series. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I could gravitate towards her. I can relate to her. I feel like I somewhat not really look like her. Yeah. No, I get that. She's so beautiful. I guess I liked um, Megara, Belle, and Jasmine. 
So I guess on the Megara and Bell front, that makes sense. I think in my childhood mind, I thought I had liked Megara because she was sassy, mm-hmm. like with I Won't Say I'm in Love and mm-hmm. Bell really liked to read and I really liked to read. But uh, yeah, in retrospect, I guess it could have been that I was looking for a representation. So. Did you know that the person who plays Megara played Bell in, on Broadway? Really? Yeah. Yay. I think she was the wow. original. Yeah. You do kind of look like Megara, Lauren, with your hair up in the color. I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought we would play a game, if that's okay. I mean, it's play not really a game. a game, but it's just more like a question. Yeah, um, so I was just kind of curious of a few things that I'd actually never thought of until I thought of these questions. But if you have, were to pair two characters, and these are the questions. So which two characters, Prince, Princess, prince prince princess princess whatever whatever combination you want um to survive the hunger games together who would it be and why Ooh, that's such a good question and they can can they be any gender or any gender okay any gender combination lauren i think we might have to go with your girl megara at least to survive the hunger games at least for one of them yeah don't you think yeah she just slapped i was leaning towards mulan Oh, well, yeah, definitely Mulan. <laughs> She's the one who saved maybe, China. Maybe Mulan and Megara. Yeah, let's do Mulan and Megara. Mulan and Megara. Good teamwork. <laughs> and then um, who do you think the best bromance would be? Hmm. Not that you really see them, but. Yeah. <laughs> well, isn't Hercules kind of in love with himself? Yeah, you could say that. <laughs> I'm not going to say Hercules. I would say him and, like, maybe someone else because I feel like he has a little bit of, like... Prince Eric is pretty hot. He is pretty hot. From Little Mermaid. That's... I was going to say him, too. They're kind of, like, the pretty boys. So, yeah. 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 We could do that. The two of them. (laughs) (laughs) Also, like, Prince Naveen is pretty, like, narcissist, too. At at least at the beginning. Yeah. He's very suave. Um which Disney character would you bring home to your parents and why? Any gender. Mm. Mm. I guess like who would Olaf your like? would be a real treat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Olaf Trying is to like, explain. my friend? Or <laughs> yeah, like this is my friend Olaf. <laughs> Are you like into snowmen? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think it would be like a great conversation be a conversation of staring at him and being like so where do your origins come from <laughs> you learn a lot you guys that it's might true. be like one time it's okay to be like what is what is your background what is your ethnicity where are you from <laughs> um oh, who would i bring home i feel like aladdin would like clean up and be charming yeah yeah i think so yeah we'll go yeah. with aladdin yeah <laughs> um if you could pair any two characters to be the ultimate OTP, who would they be and why? Be Prince, Ooh. Prince, Princess, Princess, Prince, Princess. OTP? What is that? The one true pair. Like your ultimate couple. Mm. That's a tough one. It can be from Snow White, Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast. I have a list that I'm reading off. Aladdin, Pocahontas, 
Mulan, Princess and the Frog. Honestly, Megara and Mulan. I'm keeping them. <laughs> that would be such a badass couple. Pocahontas, which is oh, so great. Yeah, Pocahontas. Forgot about Pocahontas. Uh, also, yeah. Tarzan. We didn't talk about Tarzan. Yes. We didn't talk about Tarzan either. Oh my gosh, so much. Um, who would I pair? Uh, yeah, I guess we can go with those two. I don't That's know. a badass couple. Yeah. Nobody would mess with them. Because <laughs> you got Mulan on the physical side and then Megara on the like emotional mental. She'd just slap you in place. <laughs> yeah, just witty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's go with them. We okay. like them. Yeah. And then this is the last question because this is called a Disney villain podcast. If there was a Disney villain character in your DMs, who would you want it to be and why? Jafar. Mm. <laughs> I want Jafar. You want Jafar? <laughs> Which Jafar? The live action Jafar or the animated Jafar? The animated one. Oh, even though like, <laughs> he's like a squiggly mustache or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would go with Jafar just because like, yeah, I'll go with Jafar. <laughs> What's the uh, guy's name in uh, Beauty and the Beast? Gaston. Yeah, him. But then and his like how, little friend is that because he like ends up being the actual prince he's not really the villain no he doesn't you he's the, the villain beast. oh okay you're talking about Gaston the one that's like really like boasts into okay. himself okay. yeah what's the okay. song they sing Gaston, Gaston. yeah that song <laughs> do you see the um the COVID he's always trying to count him? me out I was like no, no that doesn't count <laughs> There's, there are COVID memes about him with that song where it's like, no one cleans like Gaston, cleans up whatever like Gaston. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember that song now. Okay, that counts, Lauren. The <laughs> hate I feel. <laughs> I don't want to end it on a, like, a weird note, but that's kind of the end. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. That's a stereotypical of our relationship. Yeah, that's what we do. <laughs> Well, thank you for being on the podcast. I had such a fun time. And you're my first guest. So hopefully it wasn't yeah. like, you know, hopefully the, no, it was the a conversation blast. was going. Yeah, flowing. Yeah, no, we had such Thanks a great time. Thanks for jogging my memory yeah. on Disney. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.